I, I think as we start thinking about going back to the office, what we can't do is go back to the office and be based in butcher paper and sticky notes, right? That we, get, we, we need to think digitally. So we need to refresh our rituals. And I really think that you can drive a lot of the culture that you wanna have and a lot of the outcomes that you wanna have, but also get that social component through rituals and updating our rituals to be more modern and more digital friendly. Welcome to the Human Insight Podcast, where we help you bridge the empathy gap to bring you a valuable new understanding of some of the most innovative ideas and trends shaping the future of business and customer experience. Welcome to the Human Insight Podcast presented by User Testing. I'm Laura White, Director of Integrated Marketing at User Testing, and I'd like to welcome our guests today, Mariano Suarez Baton, CEO of Mural, the leading digital workspace for visual collaboration. Along with Mariano, we have Andy McMillan, CEO of User Testing, Jim Callback, Chief Evangelist at Mural, and Janelle Estes, Chief Insights Officer at User Testing. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Laura. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Great Thank to you be for here. joining us. Let's kick things off today talking about distributed collaboration. Mariano, I'll start with you. What's it been like leading a distributed organization during the pandemic? Um, and how are you thinking about this as we start looking at returning to the office? That's a leading question. Why are we returning to quote unquote the office? Mm-hmm. Right? The, the reality is like, uh, I mean, Jim. Uh, has a, a phrase that work is not a place, it's what we accomplish together. And and we can like live by that one. Um, so it's it's been tough, right? Like we 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 hired uh, like 400 people in the last year uh, remotely and we we're team building remotely. Uh, and it's not quote unquote natural as gathering around a fire pit or as an office space like we we knew um, from the past, but uh, it's possible to build trust, to build camaraderie if you spend the time and you make time for that type of bonding to happen, right? And uh, I always make the analogy to to online gamers, right? And how they build friendships and, and guilds and so forth through virtual worlds. Uh, and it's all because there's rules of play, there's roles that people play, and of course, there's a goal and a purpose. We've been very diligent into describing why we do what we do, try to get mission-driven people, open, openly, transparently on our goals and the metrics of our business. And also, as I said, making time to play, making time to express feelings, making time to do things that would naturally come not through a screen, but through a, through a fire pit. But uh, again, so far, there's of course rough edges in everything, but uh, we have like a high ranked morale right now, even in the context of a global pandemic that of course makes things more challenging on a personal level. Andy, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think those are great points that Mariano makes. And I, I agree with them. I think, you know, user testing, we're thinking a lot about what do we do to just help people be productive. And I think that's both personally and, and professionally. I think there's been an acknowledgement through the last year of just people have a lot going on in their lives. And everybody's been trying to balance that now for, for quite a while, going back long before the pandemic. And so we've really leaned into 
thinking about flexibility and support for folks, um, you know, in the tools we give them, in the way that we organize the work that we're asking them to do. Um, I think we'll look at offices kind of the same way. You know, there's they're a great asset for some kinds of things. We'll try to use them in a way to support people in a way that makes sense. I think the old idea of of punching a clock uh, in and out the door and that somehow that's what work was is definitely changed. I don't think we're going to go back to to that kind of environment anytime soon. So um, it's nice to think that we can empower people to use technology to make their lives better and, and more productive and more connected versus, you know, spending time in the car, driving to an office in traffic. Let's bring Janelle and Jim into the conversation. Um, as we operate in this distributed world, how are you thinking about fostering forward thinking and creativity, both within user testing and mural, respectively, and also within your audiences? Janelle, why don't you go first? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And I think a big part of our roles in our everyday work is not only connecting with our teams, but also making sure that we're staying connected to our customers. I think, you know, overnight, essentially, we saw this huge shift to pivot to work from home. And so that's actually changed a lot of how teams have had to figure out how to collaborate with their their own teams, of course, but then also their customers. You know, no more finding people in coffee shops or using your formal lab or even home visits. You know, a lot of teams were doing that to stay close to their customers. Um, So instead, people had to sort of move to more of these solutions that allowed them to connect digitally, remotely. And the interesting thing about this shift is twofold. One is it kind of gives people not really not an excuse uh, to not get customer feedback, right? So everyone's at home, everyone's connected. In fact, people are even more available now than ever before. Like we aren't on planes, we aren't going on vacation. Um, we all live online now. And so it's it's easier, perhaps even uh, compared to pre-pandemic to stay connected to your customers. And the other interesting piece of this is that people are humans and humans like to stay connected to other people. And we've essentially been starved of human connection for over a year now. So many people who are your customers, they're more willing to give you feedback and perspective and actually find meaning and joy in in the experience of, of doing that. So I think it's actually in some ways, even though we're disconnected from each other physically, we've been able to remain closer to them through some of these remote uh, technologies. Jim, uh, why don't you weigh in? How have you been um, thinking about this? Yeah, well, I've been talking to Janelle about exactly this. In fact, we did a webinar called How How Do You Stay Customer-Centric in a Digital World? I forget the exact name of it, but we were talking about some of those points that sh- that she brought up, and the fact that it's a it's actually an opportunity to 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 stay more customer centric, assuming that's a mission of your company, which it which it should be, um, and some different ways that that you can do that. In fact, we created a, a nice template. It was like a, a usability watching template to get more uh, people inside of your organization exposed to to that to that um, to that feedback to that touch point. And which leads to, um, I think, a topic that I've been focused on recently as well, too, and brings up some of the points that Mariana was touching on around rituals. I think there's a lot of spontaneity when you're face to face and a conversation can just kind of happen. And when when you're distributed, you just have to be a little more deliberate about it. And a lot of that comes it expresses itself through the rituals that 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 we have. Uh, and I, you know, uh, and they, they don't have to be, you know, elaborate things like, you know, agile is essentially a collection of rituals, right? And we see a lot of our customers have more formal rituals, like at IBM, they have this thing called a playback. 
it can just be small things that that really help and go a long way. We found in our survey, we do a survey every year. And for 2020, the biggest pain point that people had working remote was missing the social component, the personal contact, right? So often when I talk about rituals, I talk about how can you have, you know, not a yearly retreat, but how can you have that social component to your work on a daily basis or on a meeting by meeting basis with little check-ins and little rituals. Like we have one called pick your Nick, where you let everybody know how you're feeling based on Nicolas Cage characters. Uh, it takes about three minutes to do. Everybody's la- Everybody laughs about it. It opens up the conversation and you have better conversations. We're even doing that with our customers uh, and execs. So, you know, don't think your execs don't want to do pick your Nick. They do want to do pick your Nick as well, too. So I, I think as we start thinking about going back to the office, what we can't do is go back to the office and be based in butcher paper and sticky notes, right? That we, get, we, we need to think digitally. So we need to refresh our rituals. And I really think that you can drive a lot of the culture that you want to have and a lot of the outcomes that you want to have, but also get that social component through rituals and updating our rituals to be more modern and more digital friendly. Yeah, I'm curious um, what you're seeing the broader market doing or, or even asking for as it relates to digital collaboration. Mariano, any thoughts on this? Of course, like the the buzzword or phrase right now is hybrid or workspace or wherever workspace, depending on the acronym and or office. And, and so, of course, like us in certain countries through rollout of vaccines and so forth, I mean, it's already safe to get together and so on, which is just in some parts of the world, by the way. Uh, people are starting to figure out how, what they do with their sunk cost, I call investment of real estate, right? I mean, there's chief facilities officers and they're trying to figure out uh, how to take advantage of their facility. So there's a lot around that, but I think it's a little too late, right? Like the, the, the space part is one component of how we work. There's of course, through the pandemic, people learned how to work digitally first. And, 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 and in the beginning they had like video conferences that would last four hours and then they started to shrink it and shrink it and shrink and realize, do we really need a video conference to solve this problem? So we're seeing people going asynchronic, right? On on documenting and and having like video recording instead of like live videos. We're also seeing people uh, starting to, well, combine that with, with realizing that it's not just about digital. It's not just about asynchronic. Jim mentioned a few rituals, right? So they're introducing icebreakers to make meetings more interesting. And in, in a way, like they're paying attention to the meetings, right? So time and salaries more than rent as a cost or as an investment, right? The outcome of the meeting. So people are getting more savvy into designing meetings and designing time. So not just a meeting, but actually a workflow, right? I mean, meetings in theory are needed to move through a workflow to make a decision and so forth. So I think that people are starting to, to get eager to, again, design their time better. So it's not about space, it's about time actually. So uh, I wish that more, more companies would have like a chief meetings officer or a chief time officer I guess the chief of staff kind of like has that role uh, instead of just chief facilities or I don't know, things like that. So I'm, I'm seeing more savviness 
into how people are thinking about uh, collaboration. Yeah, Mariana, I think that's interesting. I, I would I would add to that. I think um, the whole element of time is not only leaders trying to manage time, but also feeling like the speed at which they've had to make decisions has really changed. I mean, that to me was one of the big takeaways of the pandemic was it, it wasn't you know, call a bunch of meetings, fly everybody to an offsite sometime next month, sit down and figure out what your strategy is going to be, you know, plan for the next all hands meeting a month later to roll out the strategy. It's like things were changing kind of by the day. And we were watching businesses sort of think about collaboration also as empowerment and and starting to really try to get the best ideas and people closest to customers, people closest to decisions. Even in the real world, I remember um, going into the Starbucks near me right when the kind of first uh, lockdown happened and then they let the store sort of open back up. But if you don't know what it was like where you were at, but you couldn't, uh, I think actually, Mariana, I think you live near me. So you probably have the same experience, but I think you know you weren't allowed to set foot in the Starbucks, but they were allowed to like hand you a coffee, like through the doorway, right? You could, you could go there and pick stuff up, but you couldn't go inside. And I remember um, talking to one of the store managers and she said, what was interesting was they were really empowered to sort of figure it out in their local store, right? They, yes, they got on calls and sort of collaborated with management and they collaborated with their facilities teams. And it was sort of this two-way dialogue of like, what's the best way to deliver the service? And, and headquarters is trying to hear from people that are that are out distributed. The distributed teams are empowered to make local decisions and figure out what works best. And so I really feel like we've shifted a bit of our mindset in, in management teams, even at very large companies, of acknowledging that in some ways we're pretty disconnected from the, the the front line and what people are doing. And we can kind of use technology to try to reconnect us and sort of share those ideas. I sort of like the idea of, you know, that team, whether it be at, at, at Starbucks or at a bank or anywhere else, being able to sort of, you know, get together virtually quickly, you know, get in front of a tool like yours, put ideas forward, <clears throat> sort those ideas and leave the meeting pretty quickly saying, let's go do something. And I just don't think that's the pace people were operating at pre-pandemic. And I uh, I think that's great, not just for leadership teams, but I think that's great as employees to feel like there's some, you know, empowerment in what you're doing and, and collaborative ability to, to kind of share that back. I think that was where a lot of the workforce felt we, we sort of missed things in the early 2000s. It felt very top down and, you know, digital was a process that was handed to you. It's, it's, um, so again, I, I talked about purpose before, and, and in a way, you also talked about empowerment, right? I mean, so uh, the the interesting thing that happened last year is that we were we, we were in a global um, experiment because I mean, what happens like we had a, a new constraint, right? A new constraint was there is no more offices, right? And and it was I mean, so it's like when we do creative exercises, right? Like so, what if again there is no store? Right, there is no swoon. There is no. So, what would what would happen if Starbucks, if there is no stores, right? And 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 in a way, we we, we brute force this. But I think that the, the the capability, the competence of introducing what if scenarios like that one is also something that again people are going to start to realize. Okay, what if we had no stores? And and the reality is that we 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 survived the pandemic. Well, unfortunately, that that's that's not a nice statement for me. Like. As a humankind, I mean, a lot of people died, uh, and 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 we well, we were resilient and we adapted and through I mean social distancing through certain sort of things. Of course, like we reacted probably too much too early, but again, now it's it's looking like there's a possibility to 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 get through this disease. But the reality is like we we know that we can carry on, 
right? And, and I think that that's, that's, that's the most rewarding thing and looking forward for the next decade of, uh, I mean, yeah, improvements that came through this accelerated experiment globally that, that happened through the pandemic. One of the things that um, we wanted to talk about today that you sort of been hinting at, so we'll jump into it next, is digital transformation. So you were both speaking about just the, the pace of change and accelerated decision-making. And more than that, we've seen an acceleration of digital transformation across how we live, work, um, and even play. And how do you think companies should be thinking about this as we move forward? Mariana, why don't you go first? I think that the, the interesting thing is that yeah, we went through a year of practice, right? I mean, we probably don't want certain things that happened through the last year, right? I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I, fortunately, I was able to see my mother after a year or something. Uh, so there's certain things that we, we are we're in the context of a pandemic, but we were brute forced into doing this. Uh, and we spent a lot of hours doing this, at least knowledge workers or imagination workers in the office, right? So we, we kind of like learned and, and we know what we like, what we don't like, and we, we've tried things. And, and uh, as I said, like, I think that there's an empowerment and an expertise, not only from leaders, but, but in everybody in, in, in the workforce, right? So um, it is a topic now, uh, as I was joking around, like, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, my less tech savvy friends would not talk about which games they would play, but then they would say, which is the game that you're playing on your mobile phone. Uh, similarly, I heard people, these same people, like, which is the, your favorite video conferencing software? It's like, holy, like, what's what's going on? So we we became experts into in in this, and and hopefully, in things like again, audio is getting better, lightning is getting better in each of our offices. But as I said before, it's it's not just about teleporting people, teleporting their ideas, but also like how to collaborate in a more thoughtful and, and purposeful way. Uh, and that's, I think, that in terms of Maslow or however you want to call it in terms of how we collaborate, that's that's the next stage, next stage for 2021, right? Like making sure that when we spend time together, we spend it uh, in, a most, in a, the richest way possible. Andy, what have you been um, hearing and, and thinking about as it relates to the acceleration of digital transformation, building on what Mariana was saying? Yeah, I, I um, you know, I talked to other business leaders, many of them running kind of more traditional businesses than ours, right? I mean, when you think about the impact of, of COVID on uh, companies that are in the, you know, digital space, you know, whether it's, you know, digital collaboration or, or you know, remote user testing kind of concepts, like we, we sort of had a different um, problem set to deal with then than maybe if you were a you know a small retailer or something like that. But I, what I hear a lot of folks talk about is, you know, it wasn't like digital transformation jumped out of the shadows at people when this hit. I mean, this was sort of something we've been talking about for a long time. What I think it did was it it sort of changed two big underlying dynamics in digital transformation. And one is the sort of innovator's dilemma. When you think about large companies that have been being disrupted by digitally first companies, they know this is happening. They've they've seen it happening, right? They know that their store traffic is down versus online shopping or whatever it might be. But it was sort of a situation where the dilemma kind of went away. There was no longer a a previous revenue stream to protect. It It was a you know, innovate or die became kind of what they had to do, right, for the business. They had to change what they were doing. And so that created an, I would say, an urgency and sort of a change management opportunity 
to align the whole company on getting something done and sort of making it happen. And I think so that was one thing we heard a lot of leaders talk about. Um, the other thing I would say is we also saw sort of a level of empathy emerge as a core human reaction to what was going on. And that happened both inside companies where people sort of rotated to how do I make sure that my team is safe, that my team is healthy, that my team can you know manage through this, but also for customers. And so it was sort of this interesting combination for a lot of you know, I would, I would call kind of more traditional businesses that were sort of slow to digital transformation, you sort of had the innovator's dilemma equation change. And, you know, they, they didn't want to seem opportunistic. They, they, they actually, I, I do believe most people genuinely care about their customers and they care about their employees. And so I feel like folks sort of leaned into a customer first digital transformation strategy with no holds barred on putting resources on it. And I think a lot of companies saw really good outcomes in doing that. I mean, customers want to be treated like that. And so I think that to me was was really, in many ways, great to see that companies, you know, in spite of what was going on in the world, looked at their resources and, and their business and said, you know, how can I change my business urgently and quickly to not only be more digital, but be more helpful to my customers? And I think that created you know, experiences that I don't think are going to go away right away. I mean, I think we're going to kind of see a shift in the way that we operate because of this. And so I, I sort of appreciate that that's been the, the the approach. And I think it's sort of been the driver for seeing so much innovation and in how people deliver their different business models. One one thing that I, I just uh, thought when we were, we're talking is that we're seeing what we're seeing in our customers is that as they digitize ways of working and those and, 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 go through certain iterations of certain workflows and certain meetings and they're happy with them like similar to what what jim mentioned about like the which nick are you um these practices are now uh, as they are digital they're copyable right so if, if something works really well in one part of the of the company it generally gets viral and and someone else um, incorporates that similarly to how best practices into and how you do user testing can also be copied across company, but within the company is also happening. So we see people like innovating in these icebreakers and then they, they go everywhere else. So that's another like interesting thing about this is like, again, now best practices are digital in, in, in terms of how we work internally uh, and viral. So it, it's, it's super powerful because it's, if one team is performing really well because of that, there's probably many others that can take advantage of that. Yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, Janelle, I'd love to get your thoughts on that around the idea of digital transformation being not just about the technology, but kind of the culture within the company and maybe a culture of collaboration. Um, how how do you think about that and, and how it impacts day-to-day planning? I think, you know, to Andy's point, the um, and Mariano, sort of like this acceleration of digital that happened pretty quickly, but we had been seeing those changes for a long time. And so I think this idea of sort of, it forced you to to transform because you had to, to, to survive. And the interesting part of all this transformation is that it's happening while teams are separated, like, you know, uh, physically, but perhaps collaborating even more remotely. And this, the digital part of your experience further also separates your team from your customers. You have to be really, really thoughtful about how you collaborate internally and how you get feedback from your customers. And, 
you know, a lot of companies and, and what you see a lot of the literature around digital transformation, I mean, it's the buzzword, you see it everywhere. A lot of companies believe that if they throw tech at the problem, that it's going to solve it. Like dollars will follow as soon as we buy the right technology to digitally transform our business. But they're missing this key element of being able to have it be sort of led by your customers. I want to share an example um, because I think as we, as behaviors shift and change, as things open up, at, you know, customer behavior is like this ever moving target as we go through the next couple of months or year, and it has been for the past year. And so that continual pulse on the customer is like so important to be able to build the right digital transformations early on in the pandemic. And I have like completely changed my behavior around how I shop. And so I do a lot of buying online and picking up at the store and Target is a re- is a retailer that I've been using for this. And at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was super excited. I hadn't gone to any stores and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy online and go pick up at the store. Like they're going to bring it out to my car so I can make sure that I re- stay safe. Like it didn't want to be near other humans. And so I did that and um, I showed up at the store. I placed my order. I showed up at the store. They came out. I, you know, open my trunk and, and with the button and they're putting the stuff in. And then the woman, the, the rep came around to my side of the car and started telling me with my window down and no mask on all the things that were missing from my order. And it was like, wait a second, like one, this could have been communicated to me digitally. And two, like you're too close. And so actually being the person that I am contacted the store and gave them that feedback. And I must have not been the only one that was giving this feedback because just a few months ago when I did it again, yes, I did it again, even though it was like a t- not a great experience, they actually uh, started communicating this stuff in, um, in, the, in the email confirmation and through the app. But now when they bring your stuff out to your car, instead of coming and asking for your name, you press a button and the, a huge number comes across your screen and you hold it up to your window with your window shut and they type in the number and then you're done. And so it's almost like they've, you know, these things don't, they're not perfect. And when we launch things, we have to learn over time. And so this idea of digital transformation, like you're always transforming digitally. And it's like, you're, you're constantly shifting and moving based on what your customers need and what the feedback is. So, so generally basically go out around in the world and do user testing sessions for your, for your, for the shops. This is my life. My husband won't take me anywhere because I'm constantly like overanalyzing every experience in the real world. That's the curse of being a designer or user (laughs) researcher is that you're always seeing the world through those lenses. I know because I have a design background as well, Janelle. So I'm I'm always analyzing what the better solution in the world is. It it annoys other people to be like that. But, Um, but, you know, you you brought up a point, Janelle, about, um, you know, like, physical equipment. And we actually get that question a lot. How many touchscreens should we buy, you know, from uh, customers and partners in our network as well too. But I'm much more focused on the mindset uh, as, as I think the other folk uh, on the other panelists are as well too. And here's how I see it, that as, as where we work from the location and when we work, the time become much, much, much more fluid. The constant is going to be the digital collaboration. That's going to be that's going to be your new headquarters. That's what's stable. But collaborating digitally then brings up a lot of issues like always on, Zoom fatigue. Uh, I can include everybody in my company in every call. So you have, to, you have to kind of be judicious about that. And that's where I think the rituals and kind of reinventing how we work 
um, is important as well, too. And that involves um, using your imagination, because I think at the heart of resiliency, um, you know, when we talk about agility and not agile, but agility, our, our ability to switch, uh, like you just mentioned in your story there, right? Because that's the constant as well, too. Agility is the new constant as well, too. That requires imagination. And one thing that I saw during the pandemic was just the inventiveness that our customers brought to our product in, in general, to how they worked. Uh, and as, as, as we recognized here in the conversation, too, we can do it. Because we had to do it, we can do it. But I think there's a lot more inventiveness and imagination that people have and that they can put back into how they work. Lots of heads nodding here. <laughs> Let's jump to our last topic, uh, just you know, building off of how we're thinking about uh, distributed collaboration. Um, the last topic we wanted to cover was uh, diversity and inclusion and how that plays into this. Um, Andy, I know you've got lots of thoughts on this topic, so I'll pass to you first. Yeah, I, I think one of the things we have an opportunity to embrace in this new working model and, and even in this new kind of digital first business model, I think is to just include more perspectives, right? With the speed at which you can connect to another person, the way in which they can convey rich feedback to you, whether that's inside your company, whether that's outside your company with a customer, whether that's speaking to a prospect, um, I think the barrier to getting that perspective has never been lower. I think the desire for people to share their perspectives has never been higher. And I think it's really on us to start to try to connect those dots as leaders to make a conscious effort to, you know, think about our distributed teams and say, are we really getting everybody's perspectives um, from the different parts of the company, from different areas of the business, from every level in the company? You know, anybody who's running their C-suite as a little ivory tower up on the top floor of some building that has a special access code is probably doing it monumentally wrong at this point, um, that you have an opportunity to really get connected to people and, and you know, understand their thoughts, their perspectives, uh, what what Nick they are today. Like they, they should be able to, to make those connections. And I think it's true with customers too. You know, we, we, we want to be treated like people, right? We want to, we want to be felt and understood. And, and one of the challenges in, in so many businesses is, no matter how diverse you think your team is, and I think we're, we're all making some strides there, uh, it's not going to be everyone from everywhere. And so just thinking about, you know, if your pricing team is based in one part of the country, uh, you know, maybe giving them the opportunity to talk to some people or see the perspectives of people somewhere else and, and get their thoughts. Um, I was on an interesting call with a customer recently where, you know, they were making a distinct effort to go hear voices from people with different backgrounds than the team that was designing their product, just to hear what they thought of the designs early on. And so, you know, I think that's the opportunity. We've, we have this connectivity now. How do we think about, about using it? And I think that's an opportunity to just get, really share the knowledge that's trapped in so many people and, and bring it into the discussion. Yeah, that, that's, you, you just mentioned something which you said, you're designing, you're designing the, the, the process in this case. So, so you're spending the time to design the process, right? And to, to, with, with that purpose in mind. So yeah, plus one to that. And, and you guys have a solution, at least for the validation, right? So on, on the last mile, so that if you, if you don't have enough people in your team that have different backgrounds to in, introduce them, at least in the, in the validation phase of your new designs. Because I, I was thinking about our, our own case, right? And, and I think that the interesting part about it's you know, maybe like when this topic comes, I say, okay, are you hiring enough people from different backgrounds and so forth, which is, again, of course, an important first step. But the other 
think it's like, wait, are there voices or participations being heard, right? Because we hired a bunch of people, but they're not contributing in input or decision-making or, or so forth. So I think that it's, it's interesting to have like clarity of, of purpose, clarity of where we're going, and then yeah, permission for people to participate, right? And But not only permission, but I've been thinking a lot about this. How do we make um, a step in the way And what you just said, I thought I think it's an interesting idea that we, we should incorporate in our own process. I'm gonna be stealing that one from you. Happy to share. We're gonna steal the pick your nick. I mean, I've been spending half this meeting thinking about who my nick is today. I'm I'm feeling a little bit kind of Nicholas Cage in National Treasure with my eyes kind of being open to some interesting ideas. But yeah, uh, and, and, and by the way, the, that's 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 what I said before, right? Like as we digitize these things, as we put them in in, in flows, as we put a game around, okay. Make sure that we don't, we're not like clueless, uh, like completely off in terms of how we, we interact with a certain population of people and so forth. You can put a step into a, a process, right? Into that so that you don't forget about that. Um, and, and, and if you guys already have that and it's digital, okay, it's super easy for us to like copy and paste it. Sadly, we're audio only, so the listeners can't see that Jim's uh, changed his background for us to the pick your Nick options. Um, we'll have to put a link to something along those lines in yeah, the show you know, notes. To Mariana's <laughs> point, you know, we, we have libraries and templates and, you know, just like at user testing as well, too. And I was able to bring that ritual out that 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 we really like. So it can, it can be repeated, you know, as Mariano was was talking about over, over and over again. And, and you can get that diversity of perspective and, and inclusion, particularly if your rituals are designed to do that. And I, you know, I think when, when we do talk about diversity and inclusion, the reason, the reason why it's important is because you get better results, right? The, those, those perspectives and the, the multiplicity of, of those perspectives actually can, can, you know, pressure test your ideas and your decisions from different angles. So you actually end up with, with, uh, with better results, but it, there's also a danger there as well too, because with our digital tools, we can ask everybody in the company for every decision to have input. Right? So the question is how, how, how diverse and when are you diverse and when are you less diverse? Right. And the, and those types of things. So I think that that's important. And that goes along with digital transformation. You know, the, the, the thing that we were just talking about is this, the, the rules of engagement are different now, right? Because if I have a meeting and I don't invite everybody, um, I, I, there, there's now another dynamic that I now have to deal with in, inside of the company or even with customers as well, too. But, it, but in, in general, something, I mean, I, I, I always share with folks that so we were you know, 100 and something people a, a year and something ago, and now we're 500. So some folks that also joined the company also sometimes like expect that we have like a bunch of maturity on this topic. And, and we don't because we are like relatively young in terms of our, our culture, right? But the, the nice thing about making it a topic is that it is a topic. It's something that you're aware of and, and it's, it's one of the things that you spend time thinking about and, and hopefully the, turning the thinking into programs or, or, or versions or feet, I mean, versions of which are features that you have. So the, the other thing is, I mean, in terms of like we have a, a value which is adapt to thrive by the way we have another one which is think global so in our core set of values we also have a, a few things to to remind us when we make certain behaviors uh, if they are on par with uh, making it one in which again it is designed for a greater cost because that's what we do we are as a company trying to fulfill a mission but also to making sure that we we don't leave 
anyone behind. I'm curious how um, mural and user testing and, and what we do as companies could help other organizations drive these sorts of initiatives at scale. Jim, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were, we were talking about some of the technical features and capabilities we have around templatizing um, and things like that. For, but for me, it's much more of a mindset. And, uh, you know, here at Mural, we have a lot of experts and subject matter experts. Uh, and we have a network of people, including uh, people like Janelle at user testing, where we're, we're trying to build the right best practices and the right behaviors and the right mindsets across our customers. And that kind of transcends you know, pixels on a screen or a tool, any tool that you have as well too, right? Um, so I think it's really re- thinking about, you know, how, how it's, what the superpower that a tool gives you and then how you can best use it to address some of the topics that, that we were just talking about. Yeah, I mean, when I think about the role that user testing can have at solving, helping companies create more inclusive experiences at scale, like, my heart nearly explodes. Like, and I know that that sounds really cheesy, but I I truly believe that we have the opportunity to shift this at scale. And I think that that's something that we can bring to the world. And we have access to such a wide variety of perspectives through our platform. And, you know, there's just not any reason why teams shouldn't be harnessing this power as they build experiences. I mean, the reality is we all see the world through our own lens. And that lens is based on our life experiences. And in order to build experiences that are truly inclusive, we have to make sure that we're folding all of those perspectives into our process. Jim, I'm curious, you know, you made a point. So you made a point that I kind of think of sometimes too, which is being able to access a digital platform like Mural or even be a participant on the the user testing panel, like there requires a level of technical expertise, right? Um, And access. And we've been talking with customers about how do they even tap into people who can't even be a panelist or Mm -hmm. don't have access to these technologies. Do you think about that at Mural and like how you can include people who don't digitally whiteboard? Yeah, yeah, we, we do. We do very much. And, you know, we have uh, diff- different levels of access trying to make it easier. We also just launched a very um, a large accessibility initiative as well, too. And, you know, when you talk about accessibility, you, you know, you tend to think of overcoming disabilities, but thinking about accessibility is about access, right? Uh, and, and how everyone benefits from those things as well, too. A quick example of that is uh, you know, uh, curbs that dip down so that, you know, uh, people with wheelchairs uh, can get, a, you know, from sidewalk to sidewalk. Well, guess what? That also helps people who have bicycles or roller, you know, rollerboard bags and things like that as well, too. So, you know, we were talking about going back to the office and a much more fluid location of work, right? So what I'm seeing is, you know, people using their phone and then going to an iPad and then their desktop and then in a the meeting room and then back to their phone so I think as, as we talk about this more fluid uh, work environment that is digitally enabled as well, too, I think just the word access in, in general, I think, is, is really important. And to think about how, how we're able to uh, include people more, uh, more and more. Access and, and, and permission, right? So generally you mentioned that your, your, whatever your comment was going to be cheesy. And so we are very stuck up at work, right? Like I wish that play and fun would be things that would be more associated with going to work or doing work or whatever it is, because we take ourselves too seriously and people get offended too seriously. And of course we need to be respectful for each other, but also acknowledging that 
we're here to have fun and enjoy our lives with again jobs that are mission critical jobs that are like changing the world for the better hopefully and so forth but uh, i mean if we take ourselves so seriously uh, it's going to be really hard for us to to adapt and again play with each other in order to 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 fulfill so like ultimately our mission right it's it's level up teamwork with imagination so that work is more fun and innovation happens faster but uh, i mean i wish as i said if it, there's like a final thought here is like let's play more together in this online games that allow us to do our work much better I love that, Mariano. I would just add to thank you guys for your product because uh, one of the things I was thinking about when Jim was was talking about the, you know, so many meetings and making things successful. One of the things you all helped me with was we had a big uh, our professional services team uses your product to to design things with customers. I had a conflict with an internal meeting to talk about a solution we were building out in my daughter's t-ball game. And what they actually said was, we'll send you a write up afterwards. And I was like, okay. Well, they sent me the write up, and then they sent me the link to the mural board. And I could basically see the the collaboration process they went through, right? I could see what the team did. And so it was really empowering to feel like even if I wasn't able to be in the meeting, they could send me something and I could actually contribute to it. Um, and I think, again, it just speaks to that, you know, accessibility means so many different things. But to me, that actually meant that I could manage my life along with my work and still feel like I was participating and not have to be in every single meeting. And so I think tools like yours are so important to that. So um I think there's a big opportunity for us to to make work more fun and make life more fun if we can give people that kind of support. So thank you for that, both of you. Well, thank you for for the praise. And also, I mean, in in a way, you just went on the record saying that it's okay to skip meetings to do your personal stuff. <laughs> He's only going to play t-ball for so long, so you know exactly. I, you, you don't want to miss those things. And I tell my employees that all the time. I mean, you you gotta you gotta find balance. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a positive note to end things on today. And we're just about out of time. Uh, thanks, everyone, for a really interesting discussion today. Thank you, Andy and Janelle, for letting me sit in as host. I will hand the reins back over to you for next week's episode with Christian Idioti. And Mariano and Jim, thank you so much for joining us on the Human Insight Podcast. Thank, thanks for having us. Yeah, Cheers thank you, guys. Them. That was great. Thank you. Want to keep the conversation going? You can visit our podcast hub, usertesting.com slash podcast, and check out past episodes. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play, so you can never miss a good episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.